Tourism Ireland spend much effort in promoting Ireland abroad and in Canada Dana Walsh heads up the team based in Toronto and recently brought a group of travel providers from Ireland to Canada to meet the travel trade in Canada and to promote Ireland. Dana, thanks for coming along for a chat. Thanks for having me on, it's wonderful. You have a wonderful eclectic collection of people here from Ireland. We do, yes. We're very pleased that they decided to come out and join us here in Canada. It's a great opportunity for us to interact and connect with the travel agents is so important in terms of a booking channel and making sure that they're keeping Ireland top of mind when they're talking to their uh, visitors and their, and their consumers who are, will ultimately become our visitors in Ireland. With the changing environment of travel where people do an awful lot of their own stuff on the web and it's very important that there is retail travel industry and it's huge. There is, yes, it's very uh, very important here in Canada. Uh, folks still you know, have that opportunity and the trusted advice that they get from the travel agents to have a wealth of experience and, and knowledge and then uh, consumers can avail of that, so it's a really important booking channel. So, yeah. And I suppose unlike going south on a one-week or a two-week package tour for a beach holiday, when mm -hmm. someone goes to somewhere like Ireland, they really are seeking out expertise on where should I go if this is the type of experience I'm looking for. Absolutely, and we're seeing that people are looking for that you know, authentic and immersive experience, which we know we have in Ireland, yeah. um, and help getting some help to kind of seek that out and finding those off-the-beaten-track things and uh, making sure that each detail is set up um, very appropriately and, and perfect, and the travel agent can offer that for them. Tourism Ireland bring people in from Canada and other countries into Ireland so that they actually get immersed in the experience as well. We do, absolutely. So we run uh, we run friend trips for travel agents such as those who are here tonight but we also bring over journalists so whether it's folks writing for the Toronto Star, the Global Mail, Ottawa Citizen, um, different magazines th throughout the country. We, uh, we work with them to come over and experience the product and then come back and be able to share that themselves. Yeah. Right. These are people who are bringing back from a Canadian perspective their interpretation and sharing it with the Canadian audience. Yes, absolutely. And it's the, that editorial um, voice and that authentic piece and a lot of them whether they're a journalist or maybe an influencer on Instagram or they have a blog they have a really uh, loyal following it's really important for us to be able to uh, share those experiences with them and I guess that is part of the changing dynamic is that the, the influencers have changed who the influencers are, are have changed mm -hmm. yes and it's ever evolving it's a very uh, ever changing world with that yeah. now you yourself over the past two years or so or two or three four years have seen a tremendous Tremendous growth in travel from Canada to Ireland. We have, yes. So last year uh, we broke the 200,000 uh, mark, which is really exciting. So we're yeah. actually a top 10 market now globally. So yeah. all of the um, folks going into Ireland, Canada ranks number 10 yeah. uh, with that. And when you look at uh, spend, it actually brings us a bit higher. So Canadians tend to stay longer and travel around the island, uh, around the island, which is, uh, which is yeah. I'm hearing from some of the, the uh, that yeah, the Canadians when it gets to Ireland there tend to stay longer and spend more money. Yes, they do. So they're very <laughs> They're welcomed with that warm Irish welcome, right? Which Indeed. is very genuine and Indeed. authentic. And, and uh, now the number of direct flights into Ireland. Yes, so uh, we have, uh, in particular here from, from Ottawa, so the Montreal, Dublin uh, route that came on stream with Air yep. Canada just this year, and then Toronto went to Shannon, which is lovely. And then Aer Lingus just announced next year they're going to um, fly Montreal to Dublin direct starting right. of August in 2019. And then there's St. John's. In the, uh, St. John's with, uh, with WestJet and, and Vancouver with, uh, with Air Canada. So literally direct from Vancouver, Toronto, Toronto Montreal, Montreal, 
and St. John. So, yes, yes, so it's about 8,000 seeds a week uh, in the peak of summer, so that's a lot of seeds going over. It is a lot of seeds mm -hmm. going over. And everyone loves a direct flight, right? So it's a, a great option to have. In, indeed. And also year-round, right? So yeah. year-round from Toronto, so it's a great option there. Traditionally, you know, growing up in Ireland, the tourist season was looked on July and August and a good year. Tourism is now 12 months of the year. It is definitely. And if you think about, you know, those harsh winters that we have here in Canada, it's much more yeah. mild and temperate in Ireland. And, you know, the museums, the heritage, the culture, all that ancient history, it's there and it's available to explore and often with less lines and, yeah. and great value um, in the shoulder season. So, yeah. 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 so you must be pleased with however it has gone. Oh yes, yeah, we're we're very excited, and you know, but we couldn't do it without uh, folks like yourselves and the partners in the community, and we're really delighted that you know the team, Team Ireland effort here in Canada, and working yeah. with folks to encourage and any of that, you know, that word of mouth. We're all influencers in our own right, so right. So yeah, all of the Irish out there, we encourage you to tell your friends and share right. those experiences, and uh, we want to keep um, keep people continuing to travel. Dana, thanks very much for taking the time. It's oh. been great having you. Thanks so much, Alton. I'm chatting with Steve Royston from the Irish Tourism Group and uh, he's part of the delegation that is visiting Canada promoting Irish tourism and meeting with the Irish, with the Canadian tourist sector having been in Montreal now in Ottawa. Steve, thanks a million for coming along and having a bit of a chat. Pleasure. Tell me, where's, what's the Irish Tourism Group? The Irish Tourism Group, we are an inbound tour operator okay. based in Ireland. We're a family business. Yeah. Um, privately owned, despite the name nothing to do with Tourism Island, which everyone right. does mistake us for. Um, and we specialise in custom-made tours for individuals and for groups. Well, it's a bit like, you know, there's a pub in Toronto, the Irish Embassy, it's not got to do with the Ambassador. <laughs> 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 so where are you based? We're based in Newcastle West in County Limerick. Okay, yeah. In the yeah. southwest, beautiful it part of it. It is very close to the points there, for, uh, the Museum of Florida. Correct, I love going there. Yeah, I yeah. really do. Yeah. And, and I notice it's certainly expanding its, its offering as well. Yeah, it's now got a maritime museum yeah. there. Indeed, indeed. So, um, how long have you guys been around? We've been around since 2000. So okay. We're not, we're not a large company. Yeah. But we're not small. We have, I think, 16 staff. Okay. We are two or three staff short because of pressures of work, but we haven't got anywhere to put them, so we're looking for new premises as we speak. Okay. And, and three people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, um, how have you noticed business from the Canadian sector in the past few years? We've noticed the increasing things. Direct flights were increasing. We've noticed an increased level of, of Canadian visitors. And of course, there's flights now going into Shannon, which means yeah. they're just for, for an, an hour, less than an hour from you. Yeah, I took that flight on Monday. Right. And it's absolutely superb. Yeah, I yeah. can really say it is. Because yeah. Shannon is such an easy airport to negotiate, yes, especially compared to Dublin. Yes, it is. Well, of course, well, from your perspective as well, yeah. you're literally uh, on the ring road of Limerick and down to, yeah. to Newcastle West. Indeed. So, how have you found the reaction to the Canadian trade here? Yeah. Very good, actually. We've got a new product, which we've actually run for about six years. Right. Um, but it's now got its own, since last year, it's own website, its own branding, right. which is knittingtours.com. Mm -hmm. okay. And they are literally what they say, does what they say. And that's pulling the wool over anyone's eyes? No, not pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. <laughs> they are very specialised and intensive knitting tours right. with four workshops with internationally recognised knitting designers and knitting instructors. Okay, so plain right. and pearl. Plain pearl, knitting and everything, you <laughs> name it, it's there. And they spin the yarns as well. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> so your your clients then, when you, you host these workshops, where would you locate those? They're, they're located all over. We do the nine night. What we do is we do a nine night south of Ireland, which covers Dublin, Galway, the Aran Islands, Killarney. Right. We do a ten night northern, which covers. Dublin, Galway, the Aran Islands, Donegal, Sligo, Belfast. Yeah. And we do a nine night Kerry, Kilkenny, and the Aran Islands, which is right. a new one for us. And we do two six night retreats, one in Donegal and one in uh, the Ring of Kerry in Parliament. So, are you catering to groups or individuals? Both. So, so I mean we have 16 guaranteed departures where individuals could book on. Okay. But we also have, we can also arrange private groups either based on these itineraries or tweak to make them exclusive. Okay. And for example, to use the Shannon flight rather than the Dublin flight. Yeah. Um, four private groups. Okay. A minimum 10, maximum 25 meters because the instructors don't want the quality of instruction to go down. And okay. They feel 25 is the maximum. People are looking for experiences. And, and, and that's what the great thing I've seen coming out of Ireland um, is the variety of experience, whether it be um, the likes of a new branch, it's an experience, the Wild yeah. Atlantic Way, it's an experience, whether it's walking, biking, cycling, or sorry, um, kayaking or yeah. whatever, and here catering again to these a different demographic, yeah. it's brilliant. And the thing, the thing with this, the most popular part of this is when they go to the Aran Islands for okay. two nights, because they meet the local Arans. Yes. And they just love it. I'm sure. And they're staying. I mean, most of the tours are in four-star hotels. Yeah. In the Aran Islands, they're in B and Bs. Yes. But they just—they don't care. I they know. just love I it. See, I know. It's getting to mix with the local people. Indeed. Well, Steve, thanks a million for taking a few minutes, and hopefully you you um, instill some real enthusiasm into the the Canadian tourist market here that they want to send their customers your way. I hope sincerely hope so. Thanks very and, much. And uh, we have got that website. Is there any other website? Which yeah, there's missingtours.com, and then there's our main website, which is Irish Tourism. And you're out there on Facebook. And we're out there on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on everything else, I believe. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks a million. It's a pleasure. Siobhan Byrne Lerat is the founder and president of Adams and Butler. Adams and Butler are part of the delegation that's here in Ottawa with Tourism Ireland, promoting Ireland uh, to the tourist trade. Tell me a little bit about Adams and Butler. Um, well, we're uh, based in Ireland, we're DMC, so we basically can do everything like, for clients. So from the time they arrive to the time they leave, four-star, five-star, self-drive, driver guides. Uh, we are wholesalers, we've better rated if someone were to book directly with hotels. But in addition, we have a very good relationship right. with the aristocracy. So we have access to the property to rental and then for private visits. So we can arrange things like an afternoon tea with the Duke in his castle, a lunch with an Earl, living the real Downton Abbey experience whereby you can stay in a castle you have the whole castle to yourselves, meals, drinks included, the Earl 24-7, two nights, three days, only 7,500 sterling for four people. So, who are your clients? Um, in the main, they're wealthy people or people who might necessarily have a huge amount of money but they want something different yeah. and they're willing to make sure that it's an outstanding experience. They don't want to get it wrong. Once in a lifetime. Once in a, well, not necessarily once in a lifetime, but that when they come to Ireland, they experience the best of what there is yeah. on offer and that they feel they're getting value for the money and that they're not missing out. Like, we get a lot of people who are sort of in their 30s and I'm surprised that they book with someone like ourselves and they don't do it online. But when I talk to them, they say they want, you know, it might be a honeymoon or a special occasion and they want to make sure that whatever they do, they do it the best way possible. And what I mean by once in a lifetime is that they want an experience that they'll never forget. 
Yeah, definitely. They come from memories. Yeah. And a lot of our people, they're not the type of people who want to like just see and do things. They're the people who want to feel things. Right. They're the people who want to engage with the real large people. Like I remember one time we had someone staying in a castle, but the memory they spoke about for another year before they booked again with us, the following year was going on the back of a tractor with a local farmer to visit an oyster farm. It's those type of things that create memories that will, as you say, will last a lifetime. So, um, have, in the past few years, have you seen an increase in the Canadian traffic? The Canadian business is now our second market after the US. Right. Um, but ironically, which some people um, were surprised when I gave the statistic, but always the Canadians have been the higher spenders per person visiting with us. They tend to want to do more when they come. So, like people from, say, the US might come for five or seven days, but the Canadians, when they come to Ireland, will tend to stay that bit longer, like longer than a week. They might come eight days, nine days, ten days. Yes. And they sort of want to do the whole of Ireland, they don't necessarily curtail themselves to one region. Okay. They tend to do you know, a bigger place. So when you said that you have access to um, castles and what would be upper end properties, you have the ability if somebody says to you, I am interested in doing an eight day tour and taking in a variety of locations, well, you can put the package Definitely, there. but we, it's not just like doing an eight day tour as such. For example, if someone is really into whiskey, yeah. we can arrange for them Actually, the best way to put it is, imagine a glass of Jameson whiskey poured by the ninth generation Jameson whiskey family in their ancestral home. That we can do that for 100 euros per person. Right. Whereas anyone can book a private visit to a distillery, but you can't book a glass of Jameson whiskey, right. you know. Right. Right. So, um, if you've met, you must have met some interesting people as a result of this. Well, we've had Michael Jackson for a year and a half. We've had Taylor Swift, you know, Paul Ryan from the U.S. We've had... Um, what? various people. We've uh, Harrison Ford's family, um, Nicholas Cage going back a long time ago, Gerard Butler. So we've met some very interesting celebrities. We did a honeymoon for uh, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. But we've also met interesting regular people as well. Indeed. Um, you know, who want to share their stories, who want to, you know, who develop a love for Ireland and they might yeah. have had any Irish blood or Irish connection before and all of a sudden they realise it's one of the places they want to visit time and time again. So Siobhan, if someone wants to find you, where are they going to find you? Adamsandbutler.com. So the best one is sales at adamsandbutter.com but we also have a 1-800 number that comes into our office right. from Canada. And I'm sure you're on Facebook and all those We're on all the social media. Indeed. Siobhan, thanks Thank you very much. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and I have John Higgins from the Giants Causeway who was part of the delegation with me. John, um, an event like this, it's very important. Austin, it is so important. It's just to give the Canadians a good idea of what we actually offer here in Ireland. And in so far, in having met some people from the trade in Montreal and, and Ottawa, do you find that there is a lack of real awareness of how rich the opportunity is? Well, I must admit, um, when, when, I, when I first came here uh, a couple of days ago, I found that the knowledge was, um, it was it wasn't as, as much as I first uh, expected. But as the, the sort of days went on, people actually realised that that you know the, the, the bucket list and they actually want to come and see Ireland for itself right and it really is it seems to be on top of a lot of people's uh, number one destinations to go and visit now while you're covering the Giants Causeway of course on your doorstep you have some other tremendous venues which bring people to your corner of the country between the Titanic Game of Thrones so you're in that corner so it's it's a real hub yes also we're actually situated right on the north coast uh, which is actually the Causeway coastal route uh, which actually the Lonely Planet has ranked the, the region to come and visit in 2019 right. so we would love 
people to come and visit us. We want them to come and actually explore the coastline, especially round by the Giants Causeway and Carrick Reed Rope Bridge. Or why not the Bush Mills Distillery uh, or Muslim Temple? There is just so much for everybody to come and enjoy at any time of the year. Now I'm going to give you the opportunity for the condensed version of, why is it called the Giant's Causeway? The Giant's Causeway, of course, coming from Ireland, of course, that will tell you that um, we love to tell a story. Uh-huh. But, you know, was it built by nature or built by a giant? Anybody else will tell you, of course, it was built by a giant. Was, I, name, I believe it was. And his name actually was Finn McCool. But the two of them, um, him and a Scottish giant didn't actually get on, and they were always shooting insults at one another across the water. So Finn eventually started building the causeway and made his way over to Scotland. But he realised that the Scottish giant was a lot bigger than he was. So he came home, and the Scottish giant actually followed him. But he told his wife Una what exactly had happened, and she knew exactly what to do. So she dressed him up like a big baby. And whenever the Scottish giant Ben Andorra came for a good look into this cot, he says, My goodness, if this baby is this size, what size is his father going to be? He had no more bother often with that Scottish giant ever again. Stories like this are ripe all over Ireland. They are, they are indeed. And, you know, as I said to you, coming from Ireland, we love to tell a good story. <laughs> and we want, we want people to come and hear these stories, and especially around the causeway and character read for themselves. So if they want to find out more, how should they investigate? So they can get in contact with Tourism Ireland. Some of the other operators I know would be including it as part of their tours as well. Very much so. And indeed. we deal with a lot of partners here. And we're finding our growth in the since 2016. We're growing 16, 17%, which is higher than national average. Yes, indeed. Well, John, thanks a million. This Thank you very much. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and we've been chatting with the various people who are on the Tourism Ireland delegation to Canada. Gillian Campbell is from Visit Armagh and uh, you've been here a few days now and had an opportunity to meet some of the people. We have indeed. It's been a fantastic opportunity. We've been in Montreal yesterday, we're in Ottawa today and we're heading for Halifax tomorrow so a whistle stop tour around Canada. Uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for me not only to promote Ireland, Northern Ireland, but the beautiful city of Armagh and then the surrounding area of Banbridge and Craigavon as well. And I was going to ask you that because Armagh has, has been very quiet. Quiet? We're never quiet in Armagh. We'll say we're undiscovered Okay. and it's a perfect opportunity for your Canadian customers to come and just experience everything that there is to do in such a beautiful city and its rural hinterland as well. We're the Christian capital of Ireland. Yes. Um, we have been ranked um, fourth in Ireland's foodie destinations. Okay. Um, we also um, grow um, apples in our beautiful orchards. Okay. Um, so we're famous for our Bramley apple. Everybody okay. loves a bit of apple pie. Okay. Um, we grow 4,000 acres of apple yeah. in rural alarm 35,000 tons. Okay. Our apple has protected geographical indication. Try saying that without putting your teeth in. Um, and what that is really means is elevating our apple to the same level as Parma ham and the champagne grape. So we use our apple product to then create um, amazing cider, absolutely fantastic apple juice and apple products as well. And the perfect experience then for someone to go into the orchard take a tour, meet the owner, see what life's like in the orchard and then actually sit down, have a spot of picnic lunch while they're tasting their cider and their apples. There's a lot of emphasis promoting 
nature, be it walking, cycling, headwalking, all those kind of things, the, the river destinations, all those kind of things. How would Armagh line up in all that? We have such a beautiful countryside. Ireland is such a perfect place. We've got beautiful drumlin, rolling drumlin yes. landscape. Um, we have leafy orchards for you yeah. to walk through. We have our beautiful city walks. I live in Armagh City itself. I'm five minutes from the amazing um, Palace Public Park. Okay. Um, you wouldn't think you're in the middle of a city. So we can offer um, perfect walking tours. Um, and of course, there's a great chance to have a, a stop for a bit of food as well along those tours. Um, we have cycle paths. We have amazing forest parks. Um, so we're up there with the best of them. Indeed. Well, Gillian, thank you for taking the time. It's been great and a fantastic opportunity just to sell that perfect little part of Ireland to the people of Canada. Eamon McEnany is the Museum Director of Waterford Treasures and uh, is part of the delegation in Canada with Tourism Ireland. Eamon, thanks a million for coming along for a chat. Thank Waterford, you. Waterford yeah. Treasures. Yes, Waterford Treasures is a, a series of museums in Waterford City, which is Waterford is the oldest city in Ireland, founded mm. by Vikings. Of course, with relation to, to, to Canada and through Newfoundland, and of course the fact that uh, half the population of Newfoundland came from oh. in 30 mile radius of Waterford City. Well, you have the Hearns, the Walters, yeah, and, and the, the Powers. and the Powers. Yeah. The other link, of course, with, with, with Newfoundland is, of course, the Lonsdale Meadows. Um, the Vikings went there on the year 1000, of course, and right. Irish range pins in Canada. So, the three museums that are in Watford, what, what have you got? There? Yeah, well, the first one is the Viking Museum. It tells the story of the Vikings in Watford City and an earlier site that we found about 10 years ago now by accident when we were building a motorway, um, which is a site going back to the 850s that the Irish drove them out and then they came back. And, and found it, but it's, it's what uh, anyone from Ireland will know of Longforts, and this is the first really recognised Longfort that we can say is, you know, existed. The road wasn't built on the site then, it had to be moved to allow the site to survive, obviously. They were run by Watford City, uh, okay. uh, City and County Council. The first museum is a Viking museum, the next museum is a medieval museum, and the fascinating thing about the medieval museum is it's actually, it's, a, it's won lots of awards for its architecture, but it's built over two medieval buildings. The only museum in the world built over two medieval buildings. Quite unusual, and it also is two of the most important. A list was brought out a few years ago for the, the, the hundred most important items of ten of it, of nine thousand years of Irish history, and we have two of them in that museum: a great charter road which Queen Elizabeth II saw when she came to Ireland, and a collection of high mass specimens. They're the only collection in the world to survive intact since the Reformation. They were buried for 123 years and that's why they survived. Do you find that the people who are coming to you are very much it's a specialist kind of... No, no I don't. No, we're, uh, we're very popular because the Vikings, we've done a virtual reality experience on the Vikings set in a recreated Viking house right. and that's full with everybody as we say from 9 to 90. Okay. 99 because you want to be about 9 or 10 to fit the headset on and it's a bit scary at times. Right. You have Vikings coming at you. So that's very popular and then we have a lovely museum in the Bishop's Palace, which we explore the history of glass making there as well, but it's everything there from the 17th and 18th century Irish furniture and, and paintings and silverware. And it's a, there's a 3D experience about to open up there on the history of glass making. It's very interactive. So, of course, the museums are all very interactive now, and there's, there's a fun walking tour of the city as well called an epic tour. Waterford was synonymous with um, wood glass for glass a long making. time. And still is, yeah. We still have a great glass tradition, make glass making there, it's directly opposite the museum. Museums actually we work very closely with people in the House of Waterford Crystal promoting class. A great part of what's happening in, in Ireland is there's a greenway. 
There is, yes, the Waterford Greenway is, it, it links Dungarvan, the lovely seaside town of Dungarvan, beautiful town, uh, to the city of Waterford. You go over many viaducts and like Greenways here in Canada, you can call it a Greenway if there's any traffic on it, so yeah. nobody's allowed to pass it, cross it, no vehicles are allowed to cross it, so you could, a four-year-old child could walk there in total safety. It's the longest Greenway in Ireland, of course, so we're the oldest city in the longest Greenway. I was actually there the day it opened. Were you? I was in yeah, Kilmac so I was in Kilmac. On the loveliest part, yeah. It was beautiful, it was there yeah. And, and it was a fabulous day. Viaduct there is yeah, fantastic. Beautiful, it's a beautiful. bit of engineering. One of the few curved viaducts in, in the world, apparently. Yeah. yeah. But that was it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Off on top of the viaduct, which yeah. spectacular views then around. Indeed. The yeah. It's, it's a lovely part yeah. of the country. If anyone wants to find out more about you, where are you? Yeah, well, Watford Museum of Treasures, www.watfordtreasures.com. Well, Eamon, thanks, million for taking the Thank you. Fiona Delahunty from the Griffin Group is here with me as part of the Irish delegation visiting tourism providers here in Canada. Uh, tell me what you guys do first of all. So the Griffin Group is a family owned and operated um, hotel group and we have three hotels in the southeast of Ireland on Ireland's entry. So Wexford and Kilkenny. Sunny southeast. How big are the hotels? So we have two four star hotels and a five star hotel. So between the three of them we have uh, over 300 bedrooms. So why as a hotel provider would you have considered it important to come on a trip like this when a lot of them would be kind of major, like I noticed that CIE tours are on all these. When it comes to reaching travel agents in Canada? Yeah, so uh, we would have noticed uh, a couple of years ago that our Canadian business and uh, has would have increased. Yeah. So uh, for us coming out as a hotel group, I suppose kind of twofold. It's obviously to meet the agents directly that give us business and yeah. also to support Tourism Ireland but also to network with the other operators as well. So okay. it kind of gives us um it's kind of twofold in that way. Right. Yeah. And how have you found it? Really good actually, yeah. Yeah, it's very very receptive crowd in there tonight. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah no, it's good it's good to engage and you know, Tourism Ireland do a great job in getting us out here. So it's good to be able to do the one to ones and meet the agents and just spread the word about Ireland really in general. Your uh, goal out of this to say was to increase your networking and then as a result yeah, when so the local travel agents are, uh, get seeking advice and someone says we want to head down to South East and this, okay. uh, that you're yeah. under this. So we would obviously try and promote obviously people to come to Ireland first and then hopefully get them to come down to the South East part yeah. of the tour. Um, and to, just to maintain the business we have and hopefully increase in the years. And of course, Ireland, uh, Tourism Ireland has been developing areas and now you have Ireland's introduced yeah. East and, and yeah. you fall under that. Yeah, because for us actually, Ireland's injured has been really good because Kilkenny would have been very well known in the international mm -hmm. market, but Wexford maybe not so much except for probably more in the US market. Mm -hmm. Some of the Canadian clubs with the JFK connection and mm -hmm. the Rhodey connection. So we've definitely seen an increase in inquiries and kind of Wexford's profiles has definitely um, been lifted, so it's great. Mm -hmm. Well, Fiona, it's been great to have much, and <laughs> Thanks for it, and nice to talk. John Healy from Maloney and Kelly uh, is part of the Tourism Ireland delegation visiting Canada and working with the local tourist organisation, tourist business uh, and travel agents to promote Ireland. Uh, Maloney and Kelly, what do they do? We are, I suppose, a specialist DMC. We're a, sort of a luxury uh, operator. So we uh, are virtuoso on signature on sites in Ireland, okay, um, and we're also an incentive house. So uh, okay, explain. 
So we will organise, say, say, corporate incentives. I mean, we did one earlier on this year for a, a bank here in, in Canada, okay. uh, in both Ireland and, and Scotland. Yeah. So uh, so we literally do everything from, we put on all of the entertainment, we put on all of the touring activities, that type of thing. Okay. Uh, for so literally this would have been, say, that particular bank's, say, best 100 salespeople. Yes. Um, so they were being rewarded with a programme in Ireland and then sort of an extension for some of them in Scotland. So you would have um, a portfolio of possible rewards that you Absolutely. can present to corporate yeah, yeah, and yeah. say, and you know, if you're interested in these type of packages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's sort of a lot of our sort of our bespoke packages, so literally it's uh, off the shelf. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just create whatever the, uh, the itinerary is. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just create whatever they, the client gives an idea of what they've done in the past. Yes. So we'll try and build a program that won't replicate what they did in the past, but at least then we'll know what they... What so it's not a big business. It obviously huge, yeah, yeah, no, it's a huge business. So um, we also had... Um, we ran an event in Belfast this year in conjunction with our uh, representation company on the incentive side, right. an organization called Host Global, um, where we had about 100 incentive houses from the US, Canada, and one or two from other parts of the world in Belfast for about five nights to experience Belfast as a tour, mm-hmm. as an mm-hmm. incentive destination. You see, for a lot of us on the street, this type of business to business is something we really have no perception yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah. and there's a hu- it's a huge corporate Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, you know, there's a, a lot of business in it, and Ireland is, Ireland is seen as a, a very strong destination from the incentive point of view. I mean, looking for Canadians and Americans, I mean, Castles, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, then we obviously have Guinness and that sort of thing, so we have a lot of hooks. And of course, then there's so many uh, expats or diaspora yeah, that yeah, 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 tops yeah. Ireland under yeah, their yeah, nose yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. an incentive. And you have sort of the music side of it. I mean, we do have, uh, we do have clients that would like to have a Van Mars and perform for them and things like that. At, at, at I can, I can <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. So, and uh, sometimes that doesn't quite work out for okay. them because, uh, but yeah, we do have um, clients that have budgets that would actually facilitate that. So how big is the Canadian market for you then? Um, in terms of revenue, probably about 15, 15% of our total turnover. Right. And so it is a very important market. Right. And I suppose the incentives are one side, uh, the luxury FIT side is the other side. So okay. um, we are part of what's uh, known as um, Virtuoso is one of these um, off-market travel consortia and Signature is something similar. So say companies here in Canada are members of Virtuoso or like TPI, uh, Vision. Merit is a member of Signature. Okay. So basically our status is an on-site means that they can come to us directly. We will work with their partners on the ground in, in Ireland, but we will create very individualized programs for their clients, who are generally high-end clients. Um, and really, it's built around sort of whatever the client wants, the client will get. Yes. Uh, so we would be looking at, say, maybe private access. Um, a lot of what we do at the moment is built around experiences, so it really is sort of things that those clients would not be able to get anywhere else. So in talking with the trade here in Canada, I would imagine that corporate travel is still very much handled through travel agencies whereas individuals may use web-based yeah, services. But, uh, yeah, but at the, even on the individual side, at a higher level, it, um, it I, mean, trade. I suppose our area of strength is being able to deliver things that can't be got on the internet. Right. So, I mean, and that's really where a virtuoso and signature agency comes in yeah. because they're literally looking for, for that type of experience for their clients. Right. So, I mean, yes, 
they can go and visit Guinness Storehouse, yeah. but they can't do the connoisseur experience in the yeah. Guinness Storehouse because okay. it's very hard to get at. Um, we do sort of private walking tours, that sort of thing, uh, tours around food, tours around uh, um, Irish history. Like yeah. We have a very successful uh, tour around uh, 1916, 2016. Okay. Um, down the country we can do things like... Uh, like uh, foraging for seaweed and maybe having a picnic after that. Okay. On what you forage. On Caribbean. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a beginning. This it's becoming quite popular at this stage, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but even down to sort of things, even like kayaking and that sort of thing, we have clients that uh, we have a lot of clients that we put onto a hurling pitch and uh, and let them hit a ball around the place. Okay. So okay. Uh, so so it really is about those experiences. It's not really just about sort of turning up to Trinity College and looking at the book of Kells. And I suppose the danger always is, is when, when you belong somewhere you tend to take it for granted. Yeah and that's that's it but I mean we're always out there looking for, for new ideas and new yeah. things and that's really sort of I mean that's where we see our role is very much sort of rooting out uh, new ideas, uh, new concepts, new um, new packages for clients right. and it really is to help the partners that we're working with make sure that their clients stay with them yeah. because they're getting that fantastic experience and word of mouth will bring other people back to those those uh, travel agents as well. Right. So it really is that, that sort of full circle. Right. Right. Uh, so we did, I mean, it's the bragging rights to a certain extent. We yeah. were in Ireland and we had a, we had a tea in, um, in say, Borough with the uh, Arab Ross. Um, I mean, they're the bragging rights, so, yes. so the neighbours want to do that next time around. So that's, that's really it, and the neighbours then will be told to go to whatever the travel advisor was, mm -hmm. and uh, you'll be able to get that done to them. Well, John, I'd better let you get back to work Absolutely. and where you can talk to where you can where you can talk to the uh, people here that are here to talk to you. And I want to thank you yes. for saying that. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it. Today we're chatting with some people who have been on the uh, team from Ireland to work with the local travel industry to help promote Ireland. And Louise McGee from National and Donegal is here with me, and Louise is with B&B um, Ireland. Thanks again for coming for a chat. You're very welcome, Austin. It's lovely to be here. B&B has yeah. always been a part of Ireland. Yeah, it definitely has. And uh, our association is actually in business for over 45 years. Yeah. And our offices are based in Ballyshannon in County Donegal. Oh, well, uh, I'm going to put it to that the experience of B&B is very different than what we now hear um, as the Airbnb experience. Yes. There's a, a warmth and there's a homeliness about the B&B side yes, of it. Yes, that's correct. We actually would have about 750 properties right. and they're located all throughout Ireland. But uh, the key difference in our properties is that when the clients arrive from Canada, they're welcomed by the B&B host. The landlady is there. Yeah, the exactly. Yes. They're staying with the family in the home yes. and they're welcomed into the home with perhaps tea, coffee and some home baking. Yes. So they're you know, really enthusiastic about their stay, you know, with the family. Because they've got that local, the local yeah. experience. And I know that people, when they arrive, always want that local yeah. experience. So, uh, when you say you've about 750 properties, so are you guys then act as a coordinating... That's or correct, yeah. We would work with about 80 tour operators worldwide. Okay. And we also have um, a consumer site. Okay. So, perhaps if, uh, if people travel in Thailand and like to work independently... Yes, they can go on to our website, um, bnbireland.com. So how are you finding the, this trip and, and the response from really the Really good, really positive. Yeah. yeah. They're really keen to, you know, for their clients to visit Ireland. Right. And we find that it's been, you know, a wonderful opportunity for us to be here. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know one of the things that uh, I'm hearing is that people are far more interested in experience on holidays. Yeah. And, of course, if you stay in someone locally, yeah. they can tell you 
they have the local drift. Yes, exactly. And um, many of the clients that stay in our homes, um, the B&B operators would actually be able to recommend things in the local area. Where like the where station is at. Exactly, where the best Guinness is. Or where if you go out to Bundorn, you can go uh, yeah, surfing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Surfing yeah, so there's loads of um, different trips that they can plan, whether it be walking, hiking, you know, or um, cycling. You know, we, we have lots of homes in rural locations as well as in the city. Right. And right. in towns. Okay. Yeah. Well, Louise, it's been great chatting with you. Yeah. And I uh, hope you have a fantastic trip for the rest of your time in Canada. Yeah, thank you and so much. Uh, yeah, it's B and B is always a wonderful experience. Yeah, thank you. We should give the website, by the way. Yeah, uh, www.bnbireland.com. Now, is that B A N D B? Correct, B A N D B Ireland.com. Thanks a million, Louis. Thank you. Still here at the uh, Tourism Ireland event, uh, Jonathan Sargent with Royal Irish Tours is here and Royal Irish Tours is certainly a name that's very well known in Canada, but Toronto based, but been around a long number of years. Welcome Jonathan, how long has the company been around? Yes, thank you for having me. We've been around now 18 years, yeah. so our owner Ian Duffy moved to Canada in the late 80s. He fell in love with a, a lovely lady from Richmond Hill, yeah. um, or just in Aurora, uh, just north of Toronto, uh, and he moved here and he worked in the travel industry for a few years before deciding to open up Royal Irish Tours and started trying to charter air but realized uh, kind of working with the land was probably the best way forward so started off as an escorted coach tour just now we have 50 plus itineraries of our main coach tour which is 15 days yeah um, which is a fantastic itinerary we've also added lots of other stuff to our repertoire like driving holidays chauffeur drive for clients who aren't comfortable driving on the left hand side of the road so Jonathan one of the things I want to ask you about is number of years ago my wife and I went on one of the Royal Irish tours and we booked our start date and our end date I think it was an eight day tour but because we wanted to visit family in the way we kind of said well we don't want to stay our two nights we can stay two nights here but we want to take three nights off and spend our next three nights here can someone still do that? Yeah, absolutely, and especially if they do the bed and breakfast program. So there's over 750 bed and breakfasts throughout Ireland that you can stay in. So some people, especially in the bigger cities, might pre-book a night or two um, of those bed and breakfasts. I mean, you can really customize anything. So say you want to do four nights of bed and breakfast vouchers, so we can do that. And then you book your two nights or just turn up a bed and breakfast if they're, they're not too busy and stay in those. Then do your three nights with your family. Yeah. Then you still have the bed and breakfast vouchers left for the next two or three nights. And then yeah. off you go. A lot of people will do that and they might want to do one or two nights in Dublin there's obviously not too many bed and breakfast around Dublin so they might yeah. do a nice city centre hotel often a castle stay for Canadians is something they really want to do yeah. so they might do Loch Ness Castle or Jamolan Castle or something right. like that right. one beautiful castle stay in yeah. amongst the itinerary so I must say like our memories of that trip were, were the flexibility was fantastic uh, over the years since Ian founded the company He's been seeing growth, steady growth. Yes, yeah, steady growth has gone from strength to strength, and now all the family have bought in. So uh, Sinead, his daughter, is in reservations currently. Right. Uh, Connor, his son, is now the director, so okay. he's running the day-to-day -day operations. Ronan, who's another one of the children, is now working in our Dublin office. Okay. Um, so I'm not part of the family. I feel like I'm part of the family. So really small operation, um, mm. but a really hands-on. I mean, Ian and Connor will answer the phones if clients call and things like that. We work very closely with, with all the, the travel agents 
agencies throughout Canada, and that's why it's fantastic to be here in Ottawa, working closely with them because they're, you know, our biggest uh, biggest fans, and, and most of our business will be sold through the travel agency. We really heavily rely on them, and they're fantastic at what they do. And I know you've been, you're very well connected to the Irish organisations throughout the country as well, and recognise that link through yeah. that. Absolutely, and the, the Ireland Fund, the Fund of Canada uh, luncheon every year in Toronto, the big one, and we're very involved in that. We're one of the major sponsors. We yep. give away a lovely trip to Ireland on that, and we try to get involved in stuff with the, the Irish diaspora, and um, particularly in the, in the Maritimes in Newfoundland and Halifax, there's a lot of Irish roots, but we are finding a lot of Irish roots here in Ottawa as well, and it's one of our, I mean, I'd say we probably get more clients from Ottawa than we do from Toronto, would you believe? And I then would. Other areas of Ontario do very well, but, but there's a lot of Irish roots in Ottawa. So there's lots of people in the Valley selling lots of Ireland as well, and really getting the name out there. Indeed. Um, but Ottawa is extremely extremely Indeed. lucrative market for us. Good. So well, Jonathan, I thank you for taking a few minutes because I know you're busy dealing with your customers in there and it's very important that you do. And I want to thank you for taking a few minutes. Yeah, and that's thank you very much, Justin. Many people when they visit Ireland enjoy being able to sit back, relax, look out the window and see the scenery and have somebody take care of all their transport needs. And CIE Tours have been in the business for many years of bringing people from all parts of the world to various corners of Ireland and Rebecca Steeds is part of the delegation of Irish tour providers with Tourism Ireland and she's here with me to have a chat. Rebecca, thanks for taking a few minutes. Thank you. CIE tours have been around since... 86 years. <laughs> over the years have evolved into catering to the modern traveller. Yes. We have our escorted tour product which you said sit back, relax, look out the window and enjoy the scenery. Um, but we're seeing a shift too in, in the younger generations wanting maybe a private driver so okay. they can hire a private driver and tour Ireland. So when you say a private driver, are you now saying that if how many people normally would that would need to be part of a group for something like that? We can take anywhere from one to nine guests. Okay. And we use Mercedes uh, S-Class Series vehicles. Okay. So luxury. <laughs> right, right. And then from nine, it, like, so you would have various nine up to another group would be the uh, next? Yes, yeah, so anything over ten is considered a group, but we still can utilize smaller vehicles for small groups. Okay. Um, or our full-size coach for a large group. And in that, do you then allow for a bespoke tour where somebody says, we have a group of 16 people coming and we're anxious to visit the southeast or we're anxious to visit um, then up to... Belmullet and Mayo, uh, you can take care of whatever. We can do fully customized itineraries or they can follow any of our scheduled itineraries that are in the brochure. So in a customized itinerary then, would you go and arrange the accommodation as well and Everything's turn taken key. care of, exactly. So we take care of um, their accommodations, all the attractions that they want to build into that customized itinerary, um, front of the row access. We have a lot of um, deep connections with the military tattoo up in Scotland, but um, obviously we, we our focus is, um, you know, the niche areas of Ireland, so um, all their meals can be built into that, um, right. yeah. So, as part of the group here that's uh, in Canada at the moment, uh, you had an opportunity to meet uh, the trade in Montreal and now you're in Ottawa. How have you found the response been? Exceptional. Um, I've been, I'm based in Toronto for CIE tours, um, but uh, the Canadian market is growing. Right. Um, and definitely this region of the world for sure uh, is, um, there's roots everywhere, I think. <laughs> yeah. So obviously CIE tours recognizes how strong this particular market is that they 
put two people in here? They put two people in about two and a half years ago, um, but further to that, about five years ago, really embraced the entire market with Canadian pricing. Um, and that has, has, you know, really brought that relationship that much farther. So Canadians, uh, agents can now book it. Um, so your channel then is through the, the travel agency primarily? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Then, of course, with this type of tour, you're going to get the consumer. They're coming in seeking advice. So it's very important that you're able to interface directly with the, the travel agents. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The travel agents, um, they're very knowledgeable, and a lot of them are, you know, they take our, our itineraries themselves. Yes. Um, so they're a traveler too. Of course. Of course, of course. Yep. And there's no better salesperson than a traveler exactly. who's been themselves. <laughs> Indeed. For the last number of years, I know travel from Canada has been growing nearly exponentially. Uh, I'm sure the CIA Tours has seen that also. Yes, it's, um, it's a growing um, tour operator uh, in, in the different markets. But, um, you know, we, like I said, we've been around a long time, but uh, the Canadian market is seeing some exponential growth. So we're excited to be uh, supporting that. So where can someone find you? We have a full Canadian website. www.cietours.ca. Facebook and probably Instagram. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and then, of course, our full brochure will be printed in a few weeks. Indeed. Well, Rebecca, thanks so for taking a few minutes. It's been great chatting with you. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada from abroad, and I have Brett Walker with me from Colette. What is that? Colette is a guided tour company. We offer two types of product. We offer Motorcoach, uh, which is our Colette classic brand. We also offer a product called Explorations by Colette, which is for all those people who would like to take a guided vacation, would prefer a more intimate or boutique type product. So our Explorations by Colette is capped. Uh, usually, well, I'll say capped at 22. Uh, different product is capped at different amounts. But it's a, it's a boutique type product. Brett, the whole travel industry has changed over the 30 years you've been involved mm-hmm. in And it's continuing to evolve. It really has. I began in 1986 with Colette. And you know, all I can say is travel today is endemic to many, many cultures. I travel very, very differently and more often than my parents or even their parents ever did. When I first began with Colette, people would travel to see things. People do not so much travel to see things anymore as to experience things, to experience different things, authentic things. Okay. So it's not just a, I'm going to go to Paris and, and, and view the Eiffel Tower. I want to go to France and walk through the vineyards. Okay. So then when you look at demographics over the last, again, 30 years, we've become wealthier. I, I think that's true. Definitely, um, I think for the most part, we have become wealthier. I think that today's generation, and I'm not only talking about the boomers, but I'm talking about the Gen X and whatnot, <clears throat> all the way down to the millennials, puts a different value on travel. Mm-hmm. You know, travel is, is not so much a luxury anymore as a desire. It's an aspiration that people have. They're not going to wait until they're retired. They're going to make time and they're going to use more money and time that they might otherwise put toward other things Mm -hmm. on travel. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I mean by travel is endemic. People are putting a different priority on travel than generations before would have. For a company like Colette, then, how do you make sure that you are on somebody's agenda? Yeah, there's any number of ways that um, someone may learn about Colette, either on the World Wide Web or through their travel agent or potentially even seeing our tours. 
um, as we talked about. The important thing, though, is the changing product itself. Mm-hmm. Um, whether people find us, however they find us, we need to make sure that we have a product and a service with not just their need, but their desire. Right. Um, this, is, again, is an aspiration. We need to provide uh, the traveler with more flexibility. Um, we need to provide the traveler with more options. Tours have changed. They're not so structured anymore. We do many things on tour now that allow for choice of options, for right, example, right. or um, progressive dinners, or our tours are much more leisurely. We tend to feature two and three night stays, whereas that wasn't always the case. The modern traveler would be a lot more sophisticated than again 30 years ago, and probably a lot less tolerant of what might be disruptions and our inconvenience. Oh, yeah. And, and we also live in a world of social media. Yes. So, you know, we talk about customer satisfaction. There is no more customer satisfaction. You need raving fans. Right. right. If you or I go on a vacation and we come home satisfied, we're probably not going with that operator again. Right. right? You need people to come home raving about their trip so that they in turn will go online, they're going to talk about it, they're going to post, they're going to refer friends. This whole notion of customer satisfaction is out the window. And of course with social media, the ripple effect is powerful in both directions. So Colette has been around for a hundred years and we've done so by having good product that can withstand the test of time. Right. Good service that can withstand the test of time. If we're going to be around in another hundred years, we're going to continue to do that. But we're also going to need our raving fans to be out there promoting Colette in a big, big way. Fred, if anyone wants to find you, give us the coordinates. www.gocolette.com And social media, Facebook, all those good things, we'll find you as well. Guided by Colette. Indeed. Thanks a million, Brett. It's been great chatting with you. You too. You listen to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad. Bridget Brew from Galway 2020 is here with me. And Bridget, welcome. And first question is, what's Galway 2020? Evening, Austin, and everybody listening. Um, Galway 2020 has been designated the European Capital of Culture in the year of 2020. Right. But yeah, we're very proud of our International Arts Festival. We're very, very proud of the, uh, the Druid Theatre. And yeah. And and Michael Ali Theatre has yeah. you know we're Druid performed yes. Galway, that's been renamed to Michael Ali Theatre. Right. But anyway, lovely heritage, lovely principles in our in our local landscape where people are constantly talking to each other, developing ideas, developing some crazy off stories. The top, off the top of your head, how old is the Spanish art? The Spanish art is on one of the last remaining parts of the Galway Wall. So Galway as a city was a walled settlement. Yeah. Like many uh, like like Rye is a very good example and of where there was stories. There's a fantastic castle, but a uh, castle, but a lot of the wall is being restored around right. the town. So in the middle of Air Square shopping centre, there is a bit of the Galway That's Wall, right. and the other bit of the Galway Wall is where this arch is yes. down on the quay, um, which we call Spanish Arch yes. to this day. Yes. And I have a feeling around a thousand years old. There's a buzz in Galway that I don't think is anywhere else. Well, people put it down to a couple of things. First of all, it's um, 
narrow street, so you're forced physically to come together because right. of the physical structure of the street. There is a student community right through the winter, and in the summer, it is a traditional holiday resort, for want right. of a better word, Salt Hill and the beach. Yeah. And people in Ireland have come from other parts of Ireland to enjoy the beach. Right. So you've got the summer holiday buzz, and then you've got the winter student population. So it's constantly turning. So before we zone in and go with 2020, there's the Wild Atlantic Way. Well, the Wild Atlantic Way um, is a, a, a route that is signposted that always existed. It is yeah. a coastal route along the whole west coast of Ireland. Now, what everybody now puts on the Wild Atlantic Way logo on whatever they're doing. Right. So it's, there's third-party guidelines in Tourism Ireland and Fulch Ireland where uh, you are entitled to use that logo okay. as long as you're on the route. Okay. So we're merging identities, okay. if you like, in the sharing communication. And the Wild Atlantic Way was tremendous yeah. initiative. Well, I'll give you a bit of an insight, often because when I was working in Fulch Ireland, I knew that they piloted a program. I don't know if you know the origin of the Wild Atlantic Way. It was piloted on the Sky Road in Clifton. Okay. So out of, when you go to Clifton, everybody goes, first, I want to go to the Sky Road. Beautiful name. And literally, it's out of Clifton Village. There's a looped area okay. called the Sky Road. And people, it's a destination. People used to go and say, I want to see the Sky Road. Okay. So I think back in the day, Galway County Council with Fulch Ireland got this genesis of an idea to signpost it and use it as a pilot. It seems overnight the Wild Atlantic Way was born. It wasn't overnight. It was project managed in that way. Yeah. And then phenomenal project with regard to the road signage, really. To One day you woke up and there was signage from one end of the country And you were told to you could go from north to south and you'd said that you wouldn't get lost. And people, um, I've been asked before, people from Dublin were going to the Wild Atlantic Way. It's always been there. It's yes. Those roads, there's no new roads put in place. There's a few greenways put in place. Right. But um, it's always been there. So the only thing is it's just more helpful to get there. Right. Yeah. So going back to Galway 2020, yeah. the cultural capital of Europe for the year. Yeah. What can somebody expect if they land themselves in Galway in 2020? Um, what they can expect is a year full of tourism skills and expect the unexpected is basically what we're saying. You will be surprised when you turn up in a local parish or a local parish hall or on an island or up on a mountain or in any of the towns and villages. There's a huge amount of projects that are being funded through the Galway 2020 programme. So when you say towns, villages, we're not just yeah. talking Galway City. No, here. it's we're regional. It's regional. the whole region, yeah. Okay. So that would be out into Connemara and yeah. into East Galway yeah. as well. Yeah. Fantastic. East Galway especially. There's a lot of really good routes. There's, well, we're near to Clonmac Noise, which yes. is a phenomenal centre. There is the Hymeny Way, which nobody really knows That's about. That's so, Yeah, it is yeah. around yeah. beautiful Bandestow. So yeah. what, a, what a word, Hymeny. I know. And yeah. it's the part of the Bear Brittany Way, which is a thousand-mile right. walk from Cork Peninsula Northern Ireland. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that someone cycled that. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, Kieran Cannon and a few of his colleagues yeah. cycled that over three or four days. Yeah, they did over three or four days. So then, like, there's uh, I know a whole lot of other things in East Galway because uh, there is. Yeah, Barry Gar. Barry Gar, but even the guy who wrote the American national anthem. And, and, and from the National Workhouse Centre is in Port Yeah. The 
multilingual, multicultural diversity and just working and living and being happy and breathing together. And, and I recall Galway is officially a bilingual city. It is our, the capital, uh, it is the Only officially uh, bilingual and it is the capital, the bilingual capital of Ireland. Yes. It's the biggest cultural event in the year 2020. It, we have a big budget uh, cultural program will be on in the region from January to December throughout the year in the year 2020. And the existing um, cultural artistic program will stay in place so any other festivals that are normally run in the calendar of every year will be in place and on top of that we will be putting with our partners in the community and internationally there will be a lot of international collaboration to bring in the whole European dimension right. will be happening on top of the existing calendar. Right. So Rosette, where, where can someone find you on the web if they want Go to find out? Go And all the programs as it comes once up. It, once, once we're once signing we, as production you start, and yeah. we, we get people signed up and production signed up, you will be notified and the news will be on the website. And on the website then I'm sure if somebody, you probably have links over to local accommodation and all those kind of things. Yes, we will indeed. And into the, the various time, tourism yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Galway2020.ie And Ireland.com, yeah. Tourism Ireland yes. site, is a phenomenal source for uh, accommodation and things to do. Thanks a million. Thanks, Thanks. Austin. Thanks for listening. Ambassador Jim Kelly, uh, Ambassador, great to have you here. This is very important considering how important tourism is to Ireland. Absolutely, Austin. Yeah, no, so it's, it's great to have this mission here. We actually had the chance to, to host them today in the House in Ottawa for lunch and hear a little bit more about what they're doing here. So they've been to Montreal, they're here in Ottawa now for a day or so, and they're going on to Halifax then. So it's a chance for partners in Ireland and Canada dealing with the two-way tourism to come and talk to Canadian travel agents and tour operators and make those connections that are so important. And of course, with the increased number of flights and the location of those flights are now originating from, it greatly opens up Canada to Ireland. It does indeed. I mean, we're going through, I think, a very exciting period in tourism between Canada and Ireland. We have, if you like, a sort of a, a virtuous circle operating now, where as Tourism Ireland's efforts are continuing to bear fruit and increased numbers go to Ireland, they come back and the demand increases on the foot of the positive experiences they have. New connections, new air connections that are obviously critical to this are put in place. More go, more come back, more mm -hmm. connections, and so on. So we're seeing 
as I say, a kind of a virtuous circle, if you like, in operation. And the work that the partners in Ireland and Canada do is obviously critical to that. The quality of the offering that they can bring is central to the success story and to keeping that going. There's always a perception that tourism is a, is a narrow window of opportunity, but tourism in Ireland has become a 12-month business. Yeah, I think it's really changed also. I mean, certainly if I think about tourism and how it was seen as a business in Ireland. When I was a, a kid, people only thought of tourism as a summer activity. Yeah. Um, but shoulder seasons and, and just the sheer range of activities have changed everything. And also I think there's just a much bigger global tourism market now and mm-hmm. people looking for different experiences and a lot of what Tourism Ireland promote is about the very different experiences that are offered in Ireland, whether it's in the Causeway uh, Coastal Drive or in the Ireland's Ancient East or obviously the Wild Atlantic mm-hmm. Way. So there are different things for different people depending on their interests and we're seeing the fruits of this. I mean, for uh, Tourism Ireland now, Canada is one of their top ten markets now and in spending terms it's actually one of their top five markets which is an extraordinary achievement. More than 200,000 Canadians travelled to Ireland as tourists last year so this is really a huge uh, development in the past number of years now that has really taken tourism from Canada to Ireland onto a different level and the work that Tourism Ireland and their partners have done has been absolutely critical. Yeah I know that up to a number of years ago there was a difficulty in separating out the Canadian figures. I think Tourism Ireland have a better fix and obviously of course those Canadian flights now mm-hmm. uh, which weren't present in years gone by in the same number make it easier to correlate to I mean, you have new flights as you know Austin have come on stream from Toronto to Shannon this summer Canada mm-hmm. also from Montreal to Dublin and then Aer Lingus last week announced that they would be starting a Montreal Dublin service next year I read in the, the news this morning that Dublin Airport expects to hit 30 million passengers this year which if you consider that that's more than twice the level it would have had 10 years ago it really gives you a sense of how tourism in Ireland has taken off. If you extrapolate that to other countries, you'll find very few examples Indeed. Uh, where the traffic uh, you know, relates to that. Ambassador, it's been great having a chat with you. Thanks, Thanks so much, Austin.